everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Support Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And Joe, we're joined on a very sad signing day. Got to be one of the most boring college football signing days I've ever had. Just really not a lot of excitement on this one. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, that the December signing day always seems a little bit strange to us to begin with and kind of throws everything off. But this year it just seems even worse than it usually does. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. You know, we equated it earlier when we were talking before the show to having, you know, um, the NFL draft a week or two before the Super Bowl. You know, we were thinking only about the NFL playoffs and then we kind of got the afterthought of the draft and the players and prospects for next season. I think that from a fan, you know, viewership standpoint, it's much better suited to have the um, national signing day in February when there are no other college football games to think about. It's kind of a standalone event. But obviously, you know, they made the change for the players so they can go ahead you know, and make their move um, earlier on. So I do respect that uh, side of things, but um, you know, from our standpoint, it's just not quite the event it used to be a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, you seem like you used to be so excited about people throwing bulldogs out, of, you know, out of boxes underneath, underneath podiums, the hat switches on February seventh when that was all that mattered, and then now they come in in December. I mean, the February signing day just doesn't mean as much. And, does it comes you know in a, in a regular year it'd be a couple of weeks after conference championship game before bowl games still a little less pub on it in terms of when it comes but now when you have it right in the middle of championship week it's even more of an afterthought and then you bring in all the news we've had over the weekend with coach hirings and firings and then really it's almost buried on the news cycle i feel like mm-hmm. it certainly is speaking of buried on the news cycle joe uh, with Auburn's firing of Gus Malzahn, uh, the recruiting class is, as you predicted, taking kind of a backseat. Uh, before Gus got fired, the recruiting class was already pretty bad. Um, truly the worst one that Gus has had since he's been at Auburn. Uh, they were the ranked, the number 42nd ranked recruiting class before he got canned. And I think today uh, there are about 45 now. They were able to keep almost everybody that they had before he got let go. Um, I think they lost a couple of them. But I think that probably didn't help Gus right there, too, that his recruiting class was sitting there at 42nd when he's pretty consistently got a top 10 class. So I think that was also a death knell of things to come. But, Joe, looking at what Auburn has right now, I think that there's two players that really stick out in my mind who I'm really glad they held on to because these guys are both difference makers. Uh, first, let's start at the quarterback position, which, of course, is the most important uh, position you can have on your team and a dire need for Auburn right now because they're going to need to have somebody replace Bo Nix when he graduates, goes to the NFL, or otherwise. And, and they got a very successful high school quarterback. Someone that's arguably just as successful as Bo Nix was in high school, and that's Demetrius Davis. And Joe, not only did he win at a high level like Bo Nix did in high school, won two state championships, we're talking about a guy that won two state championships at the highest level in Texas football. He played at uh, North Shore High School in Houston, Texas, won uh, state championships in 18 and 19, and he also only lost two games his entire career as a starting quarterback. Almost threw for 6,000 yards in those two years, and almost rushed for 1,600 yards. 
He's a four-star quarterback and really probably one of the probably the gem of this recruiting class. So that's a big pickup for Auburn right there to hold on to Demetrius Davis. And I guess he's a guy that was that very much committed to Auburn because uh, Chad Gorris was his lead recruiter. And that's someone that you can almost be certain that no matter who becomes the head coach at Auburn, there's no way he's still going to be the offensive coordinator. And then the next guy that I'm really excited about, uh, and this is a local guy, so I can like to be excited in all ways. And this is Lee Hunter. He's a defensive tackle out of uh, Blount High School, which is over in Pritchard, which is one town over from where I live. Uh, and Blount High School has got a very special connection to Auburn. There's been so many great players out of Blount that ended up having great careers at Auburn, including Damian Craig, excellent quarterback for Auburn in the 90s, who ultimately uh, later became an assistant offensive coordinator for Auburn under Goss. Uh, you had... Uh, uh, Zedron Williams back in Electron Williams for Auburn running back back in the late 80s, also a blunt high school guy. And Lee Hunter is an absolute force, Joe. We're talking six foot two, 315 pound defensive tackle. He's got 29 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and just an absolute beast. This guy's a five star. And I think you're looking at him as maybe the next Derrick Brown for Auburn. And if they were to keep the same coaching staff together with Kevin Steele, probably means they hold on to Rodney Garner, who's Auburn's really great defensive line coach. And so I think Lee Hunter's got a chance to be an all-SEC player. Okay. I can certainly see that. So, you know, that's the Auburn side of things. Uh, do you want to do Ole Miss next, or do you want to stay in state? Do you want to? you want to do Alabama? You can go and do Alabama's. Okay. So the first player I want to start with, um, well, I'll first say that Lane Kiffin's class did end up finishing, I think, number 18. They were the top 20. So that's pretty good, especially with the fact that a few weeks ago, a few months ago, it wasn't looking that good. And you can't really um, read too much into some of these classes, I will say, as a caveat, because um, with the uh, transfer wire basically is going to be like free agency in a few weeks. You know, a lot of players are going to transfer. So some schools that don't particularly have top classes, you know, if you're a coach like Lane Kiffin, you may be able to lure a lot of really good players to transfer almost like free agency. So that's certainly going to be something to monitor. But as far as this class, I'm going to start with uh, Luke Altmeyer, the uh, very talented uh, four-star quarterback out of Starkville High School, same uh, school as A.J. Brown, of course, um, you know, home of Mississippi State. Altmeyer was a Florida State recruit for a while, commit there for Mike Norvell, and he decommitted a few weeks ago and then quickly changed to Old Miss, and Kiffin really likes his talent, and even though he's not a five-star recruit, everything that I've read about him, he's basically that type of talent, and he can be a really special player there in a couple of years. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, another guy I'm excited about on the offensive end is a Braylon Brown, four-star wide receiver out of Florida. Um, he's big body at 6'3". Um, he's just 190 now, but a guy that I think will definitely probably get to around 215, 220 once he gets uh, into the weight room, the street and conditioning. So Braylon Brown could be the next of those, you know, kind of nasty wide-out wide receivers at all this. Um, you know, that's offensive. You know, that's never been the issue at all this recently on the offensive side. You've got to shore 
shore up the defensive recruits. So I was looking real quick at some of the defensive names. Um, a lot of the players, Dan, are three-star guys um, overall. Um, you have Altmaier, Brown, that are four stars. You have Hudson Wolf, a tight end, who's a four-star. Uh, but really looking at 24-7 sports, the only uh, four stars I see are a, a couple of safeties in one cornerback. So I am a little bit disappointed that you don't see more defensive linemen that are a little bit more highly talented because that's one thing that all this has missed this year is having a great pass rusher. Yeah, and that's something that Ole Miss really needed is to shore up its pass rush game because I, mean, I think pretty much everybody who played, all the quarterbacks who had all the time in the world to throw the ball against them, um, including Bo Nix having one of his better games against Ole Miss. Um, going back to Auburn, Joe, the biggest thing that I was disappointed with, and this is something that I was disappointed with the recruiting class back when Gus was there, was that the offensive line class was yet again very underwhelming, which is something that's affected Auburn for a while now. I think one of the guys they had decommit was a four-star offensive lineman, and that one really hurt. So that was a that was a big loss for Auburn. And Joe, speaking of offensive line, when I want to talk about the number one Alabama Crimson Tide class, yet again they're in line to win that mythical national championship, which they're great at claiming national championships that don't exist in anything uh, for recruiting. Uh, they're going to probably get that mythical national championship again in recruiting. And their number one class, one of the best players they have is big surprise on offensive line. People talk about Alabama's wide receivers all the time, but man, they've been a pipeline of just amazing NFL talent, offensive linemen lately. And that's probably the strongest unit of this year's team is their offensive line. Well, Joe, they're adding another guy in, the top 10 player in America, James Brodermeyer. He's a five-star center out of All Saints Episcopal High School in Fort Worth, Texas, which one of my really good friends from Auburn, John, went to this high school, which is a really nice one in a big-time private school that's got a football powerhouse at it. And this guy's brother is also a D1 player, and he's got all the measurables and probably a guy that might be able to start next season and going to be another one of those guys that's probably in Alabama for years and it's going to be a first round draft pick. And then Joe, the other big position they have at Alabama, they've been killing it out lately and thought I need to highlight it this. They brought in another five-star wide receiver, six foot three, 185 pound, Ja'Cory Brooks, who plays at none other than IMG Academy in Florida. And Joe, by no means does that mean that Brooks is from Florida because IMG gets the best players in America everywhere to come down there and play. But Alabama's had a pipeline lately of just absolutely incredible wide receivers from Southern Florida. It started with Amari Cooper, and then it went on to Jerry Judy, and now you got another dude that's coming out of South Florida that's going to be you know, big body. He's got about the same size, uh, you know, body that Jerry Judy had. And this kid, Ja'Cory Brooks, looks like a really solid wide receiver and could be Alabama's next great wide out. That, uh, that sounds good. I mean, they're always getting um, a lot of these wide receivers. It's just absolutely crazy how they continue to find these guys. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I was going to pull up Mississippi State's class real quick. 
haven't looked much at this class. I followed Ole Miss's closer, obviously. So, one of their better uh, recruits is Sawyer Robertson, who's a really good um, quarterback prospect out of uh, Lubbock, Texas, coincidentally, where um, uh, Mike Leach coached Texas Tech. So, you guys think there's some connections there. Um, he seems to be, you know, kind of a total package at like 6'3 and 200 pounds and a big arm. They got Theodore Knox and uh, Antonio Harmon is really good uh, wide receiver prospects to go along with um, Sawyer Robertson. And I'm also um, interested and intrigued by um, John Lewis, Dan. You know, I was talking about how one of the that guys, you know, they did uh, create pass rush. They got a really good linebacker at Mississippi State. John Lewis out of Germantown, uh, Madison, Mississippi, uh, Germantown High School. And I think this is again, I know in state. Ole Miss probably really wishes they could have gotten John Lewis, 6'4, 225 as a linebacker. I think he's going to be a, probably an all SEC caliber player. Well, that's, that's the biggest position to me at Ole Miss. I mean, they have been weak at the linebacker ever since Kenichi left. We're talking five years since Ole Miss had a decent linebacker. So that would have been someone they would have liked to have gotten. Absolutely. All right, Joe. Well, something that we would have liked to have gotten was the Saints' victory over the Eagles. And when we come back in our next podcast, we're going to hit that and then talk about big uh, Browns-Ravens game that went down to the wire. I want to thank all of our listeners, and as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jeff.